brand new podcast, Awesome and Not Stupid. I'm Zeb. I'm Elijah. That's Elijah. How you doing today? Oh man, I'm good. Any day where I hear that song <laughs> is going to be a good day. You like that song? I say, if no one ever listens to this, they're sleeping purely for that song. At least we got that out of it. <clears throat> Definitely. Basically. Definitely. We're going to... Um, Okay, so this is we're we're trying this out. We're gonna see how this goes. We're we, we're not necessarily dead set on a format yet, but we have an idea of what we want to do. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, we're gonna talk about a few different things, and hopefully, you find them interesting, and more importantly, not stupid. That's definitely the goal: is for it to be <laughs> not just interesting, but awesome. And I think stupid. awesome. I think these things are all. Well, you know, you know what's not awesome. What's, what's not, not awesome? awesome is that. Uh, Legendary uh, film director John Singleton passed away today. That is not awesome. Um, he was awesome, but it's definitely not awesome that he died. Are you familiar with his uh, work at all? Um, I'm familiar slightly with some of his work. So I think he's most famous for Boys in the Hood. Naturally. Which is probably one of the top two or three hood movies of all time, mm -hmm. right? I mm -hmm. You could probably put like New Jack City up there, Colors, Menace to Society. Those are kind of the, the classics of the genre, mm -hmm. if it's a genre. Um, if it's a genre. <laughs> but he also did uh, Poetic Justice with Tupac and Janet Jackson, which is classic. Yeah. Um, Higher Learning, Michael Rappaport, Buster Rhymes, like – Good movies like these these night these classic nineties like hip hop inspired movies that uh I kind of grew up with yeah. Um, he directed uh Michael Jackson's Remember the Time video. Ooh, like, like weird. Yeah, that right? is a little strange. <laughs> with with unexpected twist. Eddie Murphy and Magic Johnson. <clears throat> That's that weird shit though. Um, more recently he done uh an episode of Empire. Okay. Um, episode of Billions, a couple episodes of Snowfall. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I guess he had a a stroke recently and had been in a coma. Um, officially passed away today. So, rest in peace to John Singleton. Rest in peace. That's very sad. 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 Sad news. So anyway, on that, I'm starting the show off on a bright <laughs> note. Jesus. A not awesome note. Um. Let me see here. Let me get this thing together real quick. I should have done this ahead of time. But who cares? <laughs> yeah, so that's not awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, I guess it is kind of stupid. It is too. stupid. It's stupid that bad things like that happen to good people who make good things. People who create good, solid stuff in our society. Things that make us laugh. Exactly. Or things that make us feel. Things that make us feel in general. Yeah. Right. It's sad. It is sad. But... Here's the thing. I guess we could jump right into this. Uh, there's a there's a a, a new technology, <laughs> an up and coming technology. Is um, it up and coming? Well, let's find out. Folding folding screens is that what is that what pretty, pretty much? Folding phones. Yeah. Folding devices. This this new era of devices that transform in ways we're not used to our devices transforming. So okay, so what do we got? We got the the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Yep. 
and then what's the the Huawei yes, one? I don't remember what the Huawei one is. They have weird names. Mate Fold. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, there was a leak that I saw just today of the Motorola Razor vertically folding phone. I've now I've seen this in concept for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a thing that's kind of been rolling around the rumor circles for a while, and it. Uh, a render, what we can assume is a render, was dropped today, and the thing looks like the old school razor. If you just removed the crappy screen and the little keypad, and you just made it a bezel-less OLED display, and it just folds in the middle like it's like you would think it does. It's the same exact form it's factor. A, it's a flip phone. Yeah, it's but it's just phone. all screen when you open exactly. it. Exactly. Now, uh, to my eyes, that seems like a more practical. Um, application of yeah, over over the technology. Like the Samsung Fold. Yeah, yeah, that I, yeah, that's a that's a bummer. That whole situation is a bummer. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the thing about the Samsung, and I think the Huawei as well. Even though I've, I've never, I haven't seen anybody really play with that one too mm-hmm. much. No. Um, it's once it's folded and open, it's too big to be a phone. Yeah, it's, but it's too small to be a tablet. Right. Right. It's it was a weird, it's like a square. We're not used to squares. We're used to these long rectangular devices. Now. And they've been getting longer and more mm-hmm. rectangular. And skinnier. Yeah. Much like the uh, Motorola Droid Razor <laughs> when it's opened up. It's like they nailed it. Interesting. We'll see cuz I cuz I I like I could see a folding screen being something that I would would like if it was a full-size tablet. Yeah, just to kind of shrink it down and make it easier to transport. Totally, that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, have a phone that you could make half the size. Yeah. to throw it in your pocket. That makes sense. It's genius. Having a big phone, though, kind of doesn't seem practical. No, not these days. I mean, you can with these bezel-less screens and all this this technology that's come out in the screens in the last couple of years. It's like you can you can put. Full size screen, you know, like a six inch display in a phone that's smaller than last year's six inch display by a lot, just because of these bezelless screens. Right. And so Samsung coming out with this phone that doesn't fold flat, and when it's closed has this weird skinny aspect ratio that you can't really, well, you can use but don't really want to. Yeah. And then you fold it open, and it's huge. There's no pocketable really – I mean, when you fold it, it's pocketable, but it's, like, thick. It's, like, it's going to be annoying in your pocket. You're not going to want to put that in your pocket. Yeah, it's almost like having two phones back-to-back. Exactly. Exactly. And it's – it's yeah. Not to mention it's clearly very fragile. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that then because um, having a folding mechanism automatically adds to the questionable durability of the device. Absolutely. There's moving parts. Um, I saw something where things can get under the screen, mm-hmm. like a grain of sand or yeah, yeah. a pebble or something. It's it's this uh, super complex, uh, what's the hinge system that Samsung has developed for the Samsung Galaxy Fold is literally the thing that's that's destroying it right now. It seems like it's uh, there's a couple of reviewers out there that had I think it was the Verge Dieter Bone Bond from the Verge. Um, his review unit got something somehow under the screen and eventually it just like throughout the course of a day um, worked a little bit. And then the screen just kind of got worse and worse as time went on until it just 
didn't work anymore. And it was there was a little dent. If you look up the pictures on The Verge, you can see there's a little dent in the screen that looks like something's underneath it. That you can't have that. <laughs> no, you can't have that, and especially if you're charging two thousand dollars for the thing. Yeah, it's insane. It's, but okay, so there's a, another another thing that was kind of the more uh, the more the issue more people had mm-hmm. was this protective the protective layer on the screen, yeah. which apparently was necessary for the function of the phone. Right. Yeah. It, it uh, a couple of reviewers saw this what looked like plastic layer um, that doesn't quite go to the edge of the screen. Almost like a screen protector. It looked like a factory installed screen protector, which Samsung has been known to do over the last couple of years. You buy a Samsung Galaxy S10 and it has a screen protector on it. It has the cutout and everything. Uh, And so people assumed that that's what that was. And when they saw it, they started to peel it off. And as they peeled it off, their screen just stopped working. Their $2,000 device was destroyed within three seconds because they peeled this little plastic layer off. Yeah. As it turns out, it's part of what makes the screen work. It's something electrical, It's and uh, it wasn't marked originally. In the original review units, they did not mark it. There was no warning. There was right. nothing. Yeah, so this this is a device that hasn't been sold to the public yet. They sent out yes. review units. Yes. Uh, and this whole news debacle, um, this whole scandal, whatever, came out like, f- I think it was like four days before the target release date for this phone. And the day before they were supposed to release it, Samsung went out and said that they were discontinuing it until they fix it. It's not ready. Yeah, they don't know. Um, from what I've seen, they've been very uh, transparent mm-hmm. with everything, and they're not like being defensive about it. They're right. like, "We're." I, I guess it's good that they sent these review units out to yeah. get some real world action to see what kind of problems they could possibly have. And right. now that they know, they know what they have to work on yeah. and what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, Samsung, I think, uh, knows knows the deal with doing their due diligence these <laughs> they've days. They've had a couple of situations. Uh, they've, so. they've, they've had a couple of things that have come back to bite them, and I think that part of the reason they do these review, review, review units is exactly that. They want to make sure that in the real world, not just in lab testing, that this thing is practical. And it ain't. Not <laughs> that, yet. That ain't but it. you know what? At, that this is how technology develops. Like you yeah. have to start oh, yeah. somewhere, right? Definitely. I mean, it, no matter how you look at this, this is an incredible jump. Like it's this is a huge milestone in technology. What this will turn into in five to ten, yeah. fifteen years exactly. is what's going to be cool. Exactly. I mean, imagine what this technology has already been used in that we don't know about. You know, we're starting to see it. It hasn't been just recently invented. You know, right? So. What this could be for the consumer in 10, 15 years, everything will be foldable. Imagine being able to fold your TV into 16 squares and throw it in the back of your car and in a paper bag and take it wherever you want. Right. Take it to the beach, set up your 70-inch OLED foldable <laughs> TV and just a, Just a jump in portability. Exactly. If nothing else. Yeah. I think, I think with tablets, it's going to be – tablets and laptops, it's going to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Be able to just fold it in half, yeah. and pack it away. I I think specifically tablets. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a huge thing. I mean, the the fact that people will go and buy a, a thirteen inch iPad right now. You know, they're small, sure. Yeah. You know, they're portable enough. But what if you could fold that in half or fold it into thirds? Right. Yeah. When, when I, I I bought uh, my Asus Transformer tablet back, mm-hmm. what well, well, this must be five years ago. Oh now, yeah. Right. Um. It's cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but 
it's just like it's like holding a, a delicate thing. You don't want to drop it, right. you know. And if to be able to kind of fold it up and make it that much easier to, to move around, right, uh, would have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where the tech goes. Now, I, Apple has Apple. Are they have they are they in the game at all at this point publicly? There's rumors, but nothing public. No, no. I've seen a lot of rumors about foldable iPhones and foldable iPads and this and that. But the Apple rumor community is ridiculous it's it's ridiculous until there's solid leaks or solid you know insider information or anything like that most of those rumors are just like scary you don't want to listen to that (laughs) what about so the the there was a leaked render of the new iphone Uh did you see it i did not um so instantly the first thing everybody saw and was automatically unhappy about was three lenses Uh uh-huh Okay, I think I have seen this. That one. were kind of placed oddly. I don't know. It was it's in like a square and one of the one of the positions in like the grid is the flash. So there's like the flash on the top left and then three. Is that the one you're talking well, about? Well, no, the three so there was um God, it's so hard to explain. Um there was two on the left. Okay. And then to the right of it was a third lens, but it was kind of in the middle. Oh. So it was almost like triangular. Like tri- okay. No, I um, haven't seen that one. Which from everything I know about Apple, that will not fly. No. Like that design, and let's face it, when it comes to Apple, like design is as important as anything else. It's, they wouldn't have a whole lot if they didn't have that. Yeah. So, um, it was weird. Yeah. And I can't imagine that that's what they're gonna. No, that's end up going that's with. exactly what I'm talking about. Is it, if you go onto YouTube, there's. Uh, uh, there, there's a guy named like Everything Apple Pro or something like that, and he talks about a lot of rumors and a lot of the stuff he shows and the renders he shows are things that he makes himself. After hearing about rumors, he'll make these renders and and you know present them as if they're plausible. And most of the time, he's not right. At least most since I've been watching him, not a whole lot that he's quote unquote predicted has happened. And that's that's the kind of Apple rumors that I see a lot of. Okay. So what you're talking about, that render, probably in the same camp. Not necessarily him, but that kind of thing. And it might even have been. I don't even, I'm don't. i not sure be. who I saw it from. He did like 3D he 3D printed mm-hmm. little fake versions or whatever. Oh, wow. Um, what, what are you What are you excited about technology-wise in the, the, in the near future? Like oh, we talked re- – like you recently switched from Android to iPhone. I did. Because you were dissatisfied with – Android. What Android was doing. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've had my fair share of Android devices. You have indeed. I, I had, I don't know, conservatively 10 different ones probably from different manufacturers, everything from Motorola to HTC to whatever, all of them, pretty much all of them. And the only thing I've never owned is a Pixel device. And the reason for that is I've never wanted to pony up the money to buy one outright and it's not offered on my carrier. So I never right. got to have one. Um, but the thing about Android that kind of started to disappoint me was that for one, because I didn't have a pixel device, everything in the Android ecosystem is so partitioned that nobody gets updates on time. You know, that's not a secret. Anybody that has Android knows that and started to get old. You know, I, you know, there's plenty of times I've had an Android phone that's one to two full letter releases behind the current one. And and that gets frustrating. You know, with an iPhone, I knew that they announce when the next update's going to come out and all the things that are in it. And then you wake up that day and, oh, my God, you have an update for your phone. 
That's all I want. I want my phone to be up to date and as secure and and as advanced as possible at all times. And that's all I want. I want yeah. it to work correctly. You want the, the features that are available. If you have the operating system, you want to have those features. Exactly. That was a big thing for me with Android. The other big thing for me with Android is that they're – they're just kind of all over the place, you know. It's, they're all it's, over the place. It's it's a Google thing. It's something that's not uncharacteristic of anything Google has its hands in, and that is, they make a lot of stuff that's really cool, and then what, you know? Android is a really good example of that. It's it's a culmination of a lot of really good features and a lot of openness and a lot of control for the user, which is awesome. I love that about Android, but. There's not a whole lot of like multi-platform support. You know, you can't have multiple Android devices that work together seamlessly. You you don't have, and I really I want to punch myself in the face for using this word, but I'm going to use it. You don't have the ecosystem, and that's a big thing that iPhones offers. That if you buy an iPhone and you have an Apple computer and you have an Apple this and you have an Apple that, Tablet. they all work together. Right. You know, I was watching Game of Thrones last night and needed deposit for a minute to get up for a second. And I just got on my phone and went into my Apple TV remote and I paused the thing and I walked to the, you know, <laughs> that's all I want. I just want, I want all of my stuff to work well together. Right. And that's something that I get with Apple most of the time. Yeah. So, and, and, and obviously with Google, it's, you know, that we, and this is, we've talked about this ad nauseum, mm -hmm. um, the fact that, you know, Android's an operating system. Yeah. It's not hardware. Yes. So it's it becomes up to companies like Samsung and LG at that point to do that. Yes. But then you have to buy – you can only buy the LG products or you right. can only buy the Samsung products. Right. And I think one of the things about Android is that you don't have to do that. Exactly. So It, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. So if you're going to jump ship on or jump onto one ship, you're going to be a Samsung guy. And you're going to use all your Samsung stuff, or you're going to be an LG guy, and you're going to use all two of the LG things that exist, or you're going to be an HTC, get whatever. You may as well just go with someone that's already figured it out. Right. Now, Windows, if Microsoft could get their <laughs> shit together, they yeah. they had for a moment the right plan. Oh, yeah. Um, with Windows Phone, and I think this, this was Windows 8 at yes. the time, right? Yeah, that's when they started their whole thing. But they just have a way of screwing it all up, right? Googling like, it. Like I, you know, I I love Windows. I've always loved Windows. Um, I transitioned from seven to eight to ten mm -hmm. with very few pro problems, yep. very few issues. I love Windows. 10. I do too. Um, but yeah, they're but they're for some reason they just couldn't do it with phones. Yeah, I I really I wish I knew more about what happened with Windows Phone. All I know is that it was a thing, and then it was weird if you had it at a certain point. It was yeah. like, f at first, Windows Phone came out, and it was cool. It was like, wow, this is new. This could this could actually be a thing. It was really, I don't know. Did you ever use a Windows Phone? Yeah. They were really cool. They were really smooth. They had a cool interface. It was pretty intuitive. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, the same level of, of organization or cohesiveness that Android has or Apple has, but... It was there, you know, it was a competitor. Yeah. Um, and then not a lot happened with it. Not a lot of people made apps for it. I honestly believe that the fact that there was no official Instagram app for Windows is part of what killed it. That probably didn't help. Um, the, I mean, the list goes on. All of the big apps that you use on your Android phone or your iPhone, Windows probably didn't have it. 
they may have had a third party thing that kind of you know filled the the need but yeah. they didn't have anything official and i think that's really what killed it well you know what else i think was an issue with windows and this is probably the reason why i didn't go in on a windows phone all the way mm-hmm. was that their just their devices they didn't have powerful devices yeah they were they didn't have like the you know the flagship spec phone like right. samsung does or like they Apple they didn't does. have as many yeah. I mean, Nokia, I don't know if you followed Nokia at all back during that time, but Nokia had some bangers, man. Did they? Nokia had some really impressive hardware. In fact, I have a friend that, that stayed on Windows Phone for a really, like until fairly recently because he loved his Nokia phones and the cameras and the the speed of the hardware and just the, the build quality and everything. And I loved his phones. He'd import them from wherever and like they weren't phones that we got here right but they were phones you'd see on you know any tech blog or whatever and i he had a couple and i would check them out and be like this is an amazing phone i really wish it had android on it yeah you know and and i guess he eventually he decided that you know not having the apps and all the things that you could have isn't worth it and i think that's really that's just what happened see i just to experiment a few years ago i I start. I've got, I got a second line, and I bought a Windows phone mm-hmm. through T-Mobile. Um, a cheap, you know, they, they didn't offer much anyway. Right. There wasn't much expensive. There was, you know, I, I just I bought kind of like a what was probably a mid-range phone, and mm-hmm. it, you know, it felt cheap. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel good. It just there was no way that I was going to use that phone every right. day. Right. Compared to what I had, you know, like like you like I, like like you, I've gone through the. HTCs and the LGs and the Samsungs. Mm-hmm. I'm on my OnePlus now. I'm I'm about ready to, you know, OnePlus is solid. Yeah. OnePlus is a, a good phone. Mm-hmm. It, it does everything it's supposed to do. It's not flashy. No. Um got that Note 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're you're stuck. There's that Note 10. You're never going to escape Samsung. Though, I will say, I hated Samsung for a really long time. I had a, a Galaxy S4 that I liked. I had a Note 4 that I hated. I liked it a lot when I first got it, and as time went on, as with a lot of Android devices in in my memory, I hated it. The Note 4 was crap. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. And that was my last for a while. And then I got an S8, and I was like, this is amazing, like leaps and bounds better. However, it's still TouchWiz, and I hate <laughs> TouchWiz. But with the S10, they just brought out what is it called? Samsung? What was it? One UI or I think something like that? Something like that. And it looks really good. Like it looks really solid. That like it's one of those things. I always say that eventually there's going to be an Android phone that like it tugs the strings and, and brings me back. You know, and and the S10 is the closest that, that has come so far. Just because One UI looks like such a different take on Android and almost more of a, I mean, it's no secret Apple or Samsung has kind of been the the main Apple competitor right. in the Android space. So it's kind of like they're moving more toward what I want to see in Android. Um, so maybe a couple more years, maybe. maybe I'll come. I think I will come back someday. I don't think I am Apple forever, but I am fairly invested at this point. So well, you're also too. Uh too smart too you're too not stupid to ha- have any kind of like real strong brand loyalty yeah no for for a logo or a or a status or v- very few things very few things um but definitely not phones 
Yeah. A phone is a tool. You want a phone that's going to do the things you want it to do as good as possible. Yes. And you I, don't care what logos on it. I want it to be – I don't want to wait is, is my biggest thing with my phone. I want to be able to go on my phone and access what I need to access immediately and then be done. Uh, and I want it to have a good camera. And that's pretty much all I care about. It's, that's really all I need. I need it to be reliably fast and I need a good camera. Yeah. I would love to be able to get my hands on one of those, uh, the, the Huawei P30, mm-hmm. just to try it out. I bought this Huawei laptop that I love so far, and I don't know, maybe I, maybe I am a Chinese spy. Maybe you are. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Um, I'd be really surprised. I've known you for a long time. That's true. I, could, I couldn't fool you for that long. Probably not. For your entire life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> But no, the P30, Huawei's been making incredible phones. Absolutely incredible phones. It's really too bad that we're so scared of them because it'd be cool if we could have them over here without having to import them and and do all that crap. They make some incredibly impressive phones. Really fast consistently, pretty good software, good cameras. What about the the moon? Did you see that? The the scandal? Uh, Oh, yes. They have a moon mode. Uh-huh. In their camera app, which is basically like a night mode, right? Well, no. Okay. So the 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 AI in the app decides if you're if you're trying to take a picture of the moon. Okay. And then it goes into this other situation, mm-hmm. and it it tries to 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 take the best picture of the moon as possible. Okay. Now, what appears to have happened is, um, people are claiming that they're actually superimposing. A, moon. a picture of the moon from a database of all these different pictures of the moon. So the picture you're taking of the moon isn't actually the picture of the moon that you yeah. took. Interesting. That seems a for just to start off. Like, why is that a feature? I don't know. <laughs> that seems like kind well, of I guess I guess it's because um, of all the millions and billions of people across the earth that have a smartphone. Most of us have tried to take a picture of the moon at some point. Yeah. And it almost always just ends up looking like nothing. Yeah. Well, that's because, I mean, it it makes no sense to take a picture of the moon with your phone. Like, optically speaking, specifically, like, your phone doesn't have the optics to get close enough to take a good picture of the moon. Right. It's just not a thing. And so that's why that seems like such a random thing to me. Because if I go take a picture of the moon, I have a giant lens sitting on the front of my camera and I'm on a tripod and like, it's a big setup and it takes a lot of time and money to, to make that happen. So right. like, you're not going to take a, a great picture of the moon. Nonetheless, you know how many pictures of the moon I've taken? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, I've taken pictures of the moon with my phone too. It's just, it just kind of blows my mind that there's an actual feature. And now that there's a scandal, <laughs> about this you know feature. what I will say, um, that that's actually pretty smart for them to go moon mode. Okay. So here's what we do. Yeah. We analyze the moon that you're looking at now. Mm-hmm. We go to our database of good high res pictures of the moon and we find one that matches your angle and the waxing crescent sure. or whatever. <laughs> and then it superimposes it on there and then it looks like you took a great picture of the moon yeah but then you're gonna post that picture and say look at this picture of the moon i took yeah actually a picture of someone else's picture (laughs) 
Yeah, but nobody knows that. <laughs> everybody knows now that. everybody knows that. Yeah. I feel like foiled. I you know, I don't know. I'm not the smartest dude in the world. You're a pretty smart guy. Like I, I probably put myself somewhere in the 55 to 65 percent. Um, you think so? really? Yeah, I don't know. I'd put you a little higher than that. I have some smart people. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. I could tell if that was happening when I was trying to take a picture. <laughs> like, I don't know how it works, so maybe not, but no, no. maybe we need to get our hands on one. I, when I look at the, and, and, and that, that P30 has an amazing zoom function, yeah, the optical or whatever it is. Plus the digital mm-hmm. it ends up being like a 50 times zoom. Sure, yeah. So maybe it's different, but when I look through my camera at the moon, which I do fairly regularly, yeah. uh, if that were to just like all of a sudden sharpen up and I could see craters, yeah, I'd be skeptical. Uh huh. Yeah, because you don't have four thousand dollars worth of optics <laughs> hanging off the back of your camera. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but so I, I feel like I could know. I would know that there was something else going yeah. on there. Yeah. Well, it may be that the people that are claiming that's what's happening are completely correct. That's it, what happened. This is China we're talking about. It's not like they're going to be like, okay, you're right. Sorry. Lie. Yeah. No, that's your moon. You that's, took that you picture. You took that picture. Pat yourself on the back. No. I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe they'll just strip moon mode completely. What if it's not? What if it, they're like, no, that's real. It's freaking science, man. Yeah. Like we figured out how to, how to do it in a tiny little lens. If that's true, I'm scared for myself a little bit. I'm scared for my own well-being. <laughs> <laughs> so you, because you you are a photographer. Yeah, you call me that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it's the? What I, it's what I am. Yeah. What's but. the? Is there another term you prefer? Uh, no, no, that works. Um, so you know <laughs> more about photography than I do, probably. So good chance when it comes to uh, subjects involving photography, mm-hmm. I'll probably submit to you for the real information. I think that's safe. It's a safe plan. (laughs) Here's here from all of my understanding of photography and by no means am I, I would probably place myself in the 50 to 60th percentile of photography knowledge. I'm, I'm not a super nerd about it. I've been doing it for a long time and it's, it's what I do day in day out, but I'm not amazing. However, I can't see a way that they could possibly make it so you could take a high-res photo, like a clear, not shitty photo of the moon with a cell phone right. ever. From I the, can't see it. From the ground. I just I know what it what the setup that I have used to take pictures of the moon that are like high-res, you can see the craters, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I know what that looks like, and it doesn't fit in a phone. It just doesn't. It just won't happen. It, there's, you would have to. I mean, yeah, no. There's just no way. So it's got to be something. I mean, it might not be that they're actually superimposing someone else's picture, but it might be that they're using elements of actual pictures. I to think fill that's in. what it is. I, I think it's it's that. It's that, not just like a. And if people are mad about that, fuck you. What do you expect? What do you want? What do you expect? I want to take a picture of the fucking moon with my phone. Well, too bad. There's a couple of like high resolution cameras out there that run on Android. Go buy one of those and some lenses and take some real pictures with your phone. 
good to go. Snap. Final answer. That's it's not possible. Moon mode. Bullshit. Not awesome. No, not awesome. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid and not awesome. Stupid and not awesome. This is the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. You know what um, is awesome? What's that? And also not stupid uh, from where I sit. Um, the better part of the month of April has been entertainment extravaganza. It's been a lot of stuff. In a sort of pop culture Americana <laughs> sort of way. It it has been kind of one thing after another now for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and if you're into these things that have been happening, it's almost been overwhelming. Like, like I don't I don't even know where to start. So like a few weeks ago, we had Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Yep. We had been on kind of a a hiatus from official Star Wars news for like a year since Solo came out last May. There's been very little legit official Star Wars news. Mm-hmm. Lots of rumors. We knew things were in production. We knew things were underway, but very little specifics. So Star Wars Celebration comes along. We get the Episode Nine teaser trailer, and uh, they named the film, which mm-hmm. everybody was wondering what they were going to call the movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. A thousand theories on what that means. That are, I have no doubt. That are all wrong. <laughs> Probably. As they usually um, They give us a trailer for the new uh, Star Wars game coming from uh, EA. Finally. Electronic Arts. Finally. What's uh, uh, I haven't seen anything about that. Do we know what that is? Is it, it a single is it the single player game? I believe so. Okay, well then I won't really Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, it's called. Okay. Um yeah, you know, we I talked to Abba in particular. He's he's kind of on the same page you are. He's really wanting that open world game. Yeah. And this doesn't look like it's it. Um, oh well. Well, I'm disappointed. Which obviously I've seen a trailer for a video game. I don't have any fucking right to be disappointed <laughs> about anything. Um, but. It's it. They're introducing yet another new Jedi character. Okay. Um, they they keep doing this. Like there's, you know, they start the the sequel trilogy where they add new characters, mm-hmm. and then they um start the show Rebels, new characters, new Jedi's. Um, I feel like there's enough. <laughs> yeah. So are these are these literally characters that these studios are just creating? There, there's no lore for them. They're not from books in the series or anything like that. Yeah. These these have all been new characters where then afterwards they add lore. Mm. They they make books and comics. Okay. And tell you about who this person is. But I'm I'm kind of like I feel like they're they you know they, they so Lucasfilm. When they were bought out by Disney, scrapped the entirety of the expanded universe, right. which I think was good in the sense that there was just so much in so many different directions, uh, so much that was not that cool anyway. There was cool stuff. There was some some really cool stuff, yeah. but um, 
But it, it, they had to tighten it up. They had to tighten up ship. Yeah. So I'm glad they did that in that sense. But now I feel like they now they're expanding again and they're creating new characters mm-hmm. and nothing seems to be overly impressive. Right. It's just kind of they're throwing shit at the wall to see what's going to stick. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like. You know, you know, I love Star Wars, and and everybody loves Star Wars, right? But you got to admit, Star Wars is kind of the ultimate cash cow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're just they're trying to make as much as they can make, so that they can make as many things for those things as they can make, so right. that people will buy them. And some people are going to like that stuff, and some people are not going to be into it, and they're still going to make billions and billions and billions of dollars. Billions. It's crazy. But I do also still believe that there's a core yeah. to the to the franchise, to the universe, mm-hmm. that there's a level of care and um and heart that has to be put into it. Yeah. For it to last yeah. and be a franchise. It, it's still gotta feel like Star Wars. Right. Right. So the other thing the other big thing that was announced at Celebration, which mm-hmm. I think ticks all those boxes, is the new series, The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. coming to the Disney Plus streaming service in November. That's exciting. Um, produced by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote, as far as I know, him and Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is one of the head story guys at Lucasfilm. They wrote this show. Um, it's only going to be eight episodes. I've, I've talked about this on Triple B mm-hmm. recently, but um, it's it's it looks more like what I think people want. Mm-hmm. It's closer to the Rogue One, okay, uh, Boba Fett, Bounty Hunters, mm-hmm. Underworld, that kind of thing that the that the Star Wars video game generation yeah is really yeah. into. Less Jedi's, more. Backstory. Or if it is Jedi's, you know, fucking powerful yeah. flying Jedi's yeah. with lightning and you know abilities to do crazy shit, mm-hmm. not just move rocks and yeah, and have <laughs> philosophical conversations, right? During which and... is where it—that's the core, the heart of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of escapes a lot of people. But but this is the you know this is the people that grew up on the on the prequel movies mm-hmm. got. A lot of really cool video games along the way. Yeah. And I enjoyed many of them. Right. Many and I, them. so I understand that that's what people are into. And I think The Mandalorian is going to be much more than Episode Nine, mm-hmm. the thing that maybe brings everything back together a little bit. Cool. There's a lot of potential there. I'll have to look at that. I haven't looked into that. What What do you think of Disney Plus? What is your uh, What's your opinion of that? Um, I mean, based on what we know so far about is what kind of exclusive content they're going to have. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, especially at the price. Yeah. It was six ninety nine a month. Yeah. That's insane. Which that won't last two years. No, that won't last two years, <laughs> but six ninety nine a month. I'll enjoy the ride. Right. You know, and um, I'm going to talk about this in a second, but after seeing Endgame. This uh, past weekend, there, so there's going to be a Loki series coming mm-hmm. to Disney Plus. Okay, and when you see Endgame, there's a part 
where you go, oh, okay. That's okay. what the Loki show is going to be. Okay. Or we, you know, we assume. Mm-hmm. You want to hear something real disappointing? <laughs> sure. <laughs> haven't seen Endgame. Also haven't seen Infinity War. Oh, you haven't seen Infinity Yikes. War? Yikes. Oh, yeah. We should do a it's, double header. It's on Netflix. It is. Somebody told me it's on Netflix. It is. Yeah. So I need to do that. Let's do it. Without, without doing any kind of review, um, I think Infinity War is a better movie mm-hmm. than Endgame. Although Endgame is awesome and amazing and it does things no other movie has ever done. Mm-hmm. Was it hard to sit through? Not at all. Three hours? Nothing. Man, that's rough. Didn't I, it, it? It flew by. I drink way too much fluids. <laughs> Couple of bathroom trips. Movie. Oh man, there's no way I'm watching <laughs> that whole movie. There's no way. So let's get back to this real quick. Um, I got this little list I want to run down. Star Wars Celebration Weekend mm-hmm. also happened to be the same weekend that Game of Thrones returned after almost two years of Oof. being away. Thank uh, God. Highly anticipated. Very much. Um. And then on top of that, that weekend, Tiger Woods won the Masters. Yes, he did. Which there's there's something about Tiger Woods that makes even the least interested person go, <laughs> oh, yeah. hmm. How about a comeback story? Golf? Yeah. Not into it, but that's that's interesting now. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um Something about having Tiger Woods win a major tournament for the first time in 11 years feels big. Yeah. You know? Um, And that leads to the next thing that happened, which was about a week, maybe a week and a half later, Mm -hmm. um, the Blazers won their first uh, playoff series in a couple of seasons. Yeah. A few seasons. I I think it's been five years. Um, With one of. The illest <laughs> game-winning shots I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty incredible. It was pretty incredible, man. Uh, I'm not a big basketball fan. Neither am I. Not really into basketball. I, I like going to games, but I don't watch basketball on TV. I randomly tuned into this one because I knew it was the last game of the series. Obviously, I'm from Portland. Sure, I'll show them some love. Let's check it out. I got in right after the third quarter started. And I, it was like perfect timing. They had just lost their lead. And so I got to just watch them come back and then end it with that shot. And that was easily, easily one of the best decisions I've ever made. So just for some context, this wasn't for a, to win a championship. No. Nope. This wasn't even to get into a championship series or game. This was to win the first round of the play a series in the first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. big but not huge like it, it makes me think about like uh the Seahawks the Richard Sherman and the tip mm-hmm. um, or the overtime touchdown pass from from Russell Wilson to Jermaine Curse against mm-hmm. the Packers those were two of the biggest coolest things i've ever seen in sports yeah and they were to get into the super bowl right that's huge right um this was just to win a playoff series mm-hmm. and move on to the next. But it to me, it still was that impressive. It was incredible. It, it, it. He got the ball with like 12 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Game tied. Mm-hmm. And he just sat there and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot this before that clock hits zero and I'm going to win this game. Yep. And there's nothing... 
you, Paul George, or anybody else on that team can do about it. And he hit a 37-foot three-pointer yep. to win the game. Fade away. As the clock expired. That, that shit. <laughs> the, I think the only thing that I've seen in sports that I enjoyed more than watching that shot was the tip, the Richard Sherman tip. And that's only because I like football more than I like basketball. Yeah. That was the arrogance and the confidence and just, I don't even, I can't even describe what watching that must, what that's like, what it must feel like to have done that. Man, you know, it's a, it's a cliche for sure, but that dude has ice water in his veins. It's unreal. He was so like a minute later, they're interviewing him on the court after just having done this. And mm-hmm. he is cool as a cucumber. Yep. <laughs> Articulate, answering questions, no emotion, mm-hmm. nothing. And he's not rattled. He's not shaking. He doesn't have adrenaline. He's just like, yeah, let's talk. What do you want to talk about? Bro, he sinks that and then waves bye-bye and then walks off. That's yeah. it. That's it. And everybody around him went nuts. Yeah. I've and he never... just sat there and stared at, at the camera like... That's what I do. I've never been that chill about a thing in my life, ever. And I'm a pretty laid back. <laughs> even relaxed. chill shit. Yeah, even chill shit, ever. It reminds me of Beastquake. Yeah. Um. Not. I can't put it on that level. At least not for me personally, mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. But that Beastquake was to win a wild card playoff game. Right. It was just to get to the next level in the playoffs. But it's an example of. One guy just saying, you know what? I got this. Yeah. Yeah. He just put, he puts the whole team on his back and just takes it. Exactly. You know, how many points did Lillard score in that game? 50, 50 points. And they had what? 108 or something like that. Yeah. He, he, he scored, uh, the, you know, the bulk of his team's points, which yeah. is not uncommon. No, no, but him. just, it's just insane. It's just insane. I can't imagine doing anything on that level. You know what I mean? Like at, right. At that level. I can't imagine it. Dude, so then two days later, if, uh, Avengers Endgame comes out, mm-hmm. which is the culmination of 22 or 23 movies over 10 or 11 years. Most of which I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've you seen know, a lot, though. I've seen, I think I've seen most of the really important ones, but there's some some some, some other ones I haven't seen. It's it's something that's never been done before mm-hmm. to tie that many movies together and have a cohesive arc yeah. across all of them. And they did a good job? They did a great job. Great I job. can't imagine them doing a better job. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are comic book movies, so they're superhero movies. They're not – this isn't Braveheart. Right. This, you know, this isn't – Gone with the wind. This isn't like <laughs> an American classic. Yeah. Yeah. It's comic book movies. It's superhero movies, yeah. but they just did such a good job in casting. Um, there's very few of these movies that are considered not good. Right. For the most part, these movies are loved. Yeah. And to, to end it the way they did is in kind of like a, People keep using the phrase a love letter to the fans mm-hmm. because there's a lot of fan service. There's a lot of uh, giving people what they want to see. Yeah. But it just works so well. And um, it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. And 
tune into the Triple B podcast next week for a full review. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, so that same weekend, now we get the NFL draft, mm-hmm. which is obviously only important to some people. Right. Even the even, casual the casual football fan doesn't right. care too even, much. Even a lot of football fans are not sitting at home on a Saturday watching the draft. I'm the guy who was 10 years old up at 9 a.m. on the weekend with, yeah. a, with a binder writing down <laughs> the draft picks as they came through. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always loved the draft. Um, And then last night... We get the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, we do. Game of Thrones, season eight, episode three. Something we've been looking forward to for a while now. Very long time. Um, again, not going to get too deep into what happened. Right. Definitely not going to have any spoilers, but the, the, the reactions have been interesting. They certainly have. They certainly have. The thing that makes me laugh the most is all the people talking about how dark it was. That That's, yeah, that kills me. I don't understand. Like, the dude's name is the Night King. Like, you know, this shit's gonna happen in the dark, right? Like, they're not gonna just turn on some lights. These people have torches. That's how this works. Like, it's realistic. It's dark, and it's supposed to be dark. It's definitely supposed to be dark. They, I saw people, like on Facebook, of course. So this is always like, just stay away. Don't even look at it. Yep. But literally calling for the directors to be fired or people who worked on this episode need to be replaced because they didn't do a good job. No, they did exactly what they wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Did these people watch the whole episode? Because like there was some parts where, sure, it was dark and it was kind of annoying that it was really dark because you couldn't really see what was going on. But like. Do you really need to see what's going on? You know what's going on. They showed you everything they needed you to yes, see. Yes, absolutely. They made sure that you could see what needed to be seen. Absolutely. And they also made sure that you couldn't tell for sure if they wanted it to be ambiguous. Yeah. Simple as that. I, I think from a cinematography standpoint, from a technique standpoint, I think that they they made something beautiful and damn near perfect from cinema cinema from a cinematography standpoint yeah it was incredible absolutely absolutely incredible now there's people that are unhappy with what actually happened in the show yes some so from little things to big things um you know that's gonna happen mm-hmm. like especially this at this at this stage where we are at this day and age <laughs> to sound like an old person um with the internet and social media every everything gets just picked apart absolutely from your favorite thing to your least favorite thing especially shows like game of thrones or movies like star wars or the avengers there's there's hordes of people whose lives depend on them picking apart every detail they possibly can about every show or movie that comes because out. it's huge and exactly. it's important to people. Um, they've people that have like grew up with these stories or, um, you know, with game of Thrones, it's not that old, but right. still there's people that read the first novel in 1995. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's exactly. still 20, 24 years mm-hmm. of being invested in these characters. Um, I think, that people let their expectations get out of, out of control. Yeah. And this is one thing that I've really tried to do as a fan is 
to not expect anything. Right. Like I'm just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to hinge whether I like something or not on whether what I wanted to happen happened or right. not. Right. Right. I think people also lose a little bit of the fact that HBO's kind of doing what HBO's going to do now. You know, it's it's out of the hands of George R. R. Martin. It's it's HBO. I mean, yes, they have a structure that's been laid out for them, but they get to make some of these decisions and some of the stuff that you expect based on the book or based on the lore might not happen. And you need to deal with that right. because that's what you're going to see. So sorry. <laughs> you know? the, it's the, the, the level to which like I'll, 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 I'll watch something mm-hmm. and then I'll get on. I'll be like, I loved that. Like there's not a negative thought in my head. Like I loved the way that went. That yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. And then I'll get on the internet and all I see is how many different ways people have decided they don't right. like it. Right. It's it's almost like it's almost like it gets ruined for you. Like you love it when you see it and then as soon as you go and talk to other people about it or as soon as you go and read about it or watch YouTube or do whatever, it's ruined. You're like then cuz you start thinking that way. You're like, "Oh shit, this guy's right, man." Like this shouldn't have been this way, or this was really lazy writing, or this or that or the other thing. And it's like, lazy writing has become like that phrase is <laughs> nails on a chalkboard to me. Right yeah, now. I believe that because every every <laughs> every single person, dude in a in his mom's basement on a computer, all of a sudden understands you know, fil- writing and right. film. Right. And, like who the fuck well, are that's you? That's just lazy. Yeah, writing. You, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's exactly what it's the same as any other issue. You find an internet expert about like everybody thinks they know what they're talking about and it's not necessarily lazy writing. It's just not the way you think. Sometimes it it's been. just, that's the decision they made because that's how they decided they wanted it to go. Exactly. You, some of these things like you can't, you can't make enough space in a show to put all of the things that everybody wants in that show. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is like, everybody has maybe one or two things that they would have liked to have been done differently. Mm -hmm. But now you got 10 different people who all have one or two different things. All of a sudden you have to rewrite the entire thing because it wasn't right for anybody. Exactly. Um, And you know, people have obviously the right to critique Sure. And it's it's just entertainment. Sure. It's not important. Exactly. Um, but there's there's a level, and this this has become very prominent for me in regards to Star Wars, where there's this toxic fandom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, where all of a sudden. Because things didn't go how you wanted it to. You're mad at everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you literally can't get on Facebook and say, man, I really loved the last Jedi because you're going to get told 10 times why you're wrong for for, for liking it. Like, why can't you just like the thing you like? Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. It, It is crazy. People are so opinionated and social media is the worst outlet for yeah. your opinion for anyone's opinion, because everybody is okay with speaking their opinion on social media. Most of those people aren't going to stand here and look you in the face and go, no, you're wrong. That was a good, mo- that was a terrible movie. Although 
the, the, the reason why this has become such an issue for me is because it has crossed over into uh. like, especially, okay. I understand the last Jedi is very polarizing. <laughs> it's polarizing and it's divisive because some people really do dislike it that much. Mm-hmm. Like they literally want it to not be, to not have happened. Like it needs to be remade. It mm-hmm. doesn't count. People will make, you know, their lists of their favorite Star Wars movies, and they won't put it on the list at all. Wow, <laughs> not even last. Worse just... than the than the prequels, bro. That's the thing now. Like the prequels, all of a sudden are lovable again. Oh, because these new sequel movies are such trash. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, from a just a just a, from a from a movie making perspective. Uh-huh. These new movies are light years better than the prequel movies. Yeah. But people like what they like. And the people who grew up with the prequels, they just, they love them. Yeah. Because it's what they grew up with. And I understand that. But I don't know. I, I, I can't, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about toxic fandom Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm the one on the wrong side because I also find myself getting frustrated and angry mm-hmm. at people who they're just voicing their opinions and they're f- totally welcome to do that, sure. allowed to do that. It's their right. Yeah. But part of me is like, do you have, do we have to pick apart right. <laughs> every little thing? Does it have to be that way? Right. Every, every discussion on a topic that you're mutually fans of doesn't have to be like, a deep breakdown of what's good and what's bad about everything. You know, if you say you like a movie and somebody comments on it, why don't, why can't they just say, I, you know, I don't really like it. I just didn't really care for it. Why do they have to like tell you why you're wrong? Yeah. That's the problem. Everybody wants to tell you why you're wrong. Oh, I guess you're just okay with shitty movies then. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. You're right. I decided that today after seeing this movie. Good point. Or like somebody will say, Hey man, you know that, uh, John Boyega, Great, he's a great actor. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing what what he's going to do mm-hmm. with, with his career. And then, oh, the Last Jedi's trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, wait, what? <laughs> Where? That, that's it. Just had to go right to that. Right. Like from the conversation we were having. Right. That's crazy. Um, I want to just real quick. I did. I was reading some articles. I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. how all this works and what makes people feel the way they do. Um, and I ran across an article on realrundown.com by somebody named Rachel Leffler. Okay. She wrote an article called What's Toxic Fandom and What Creates It? She breaks it down to three major things. The first one is possessiveness. Okay. Where fans feel like they own the thing, the content. Right. They own it belongs to them. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is my movie. That's my movie. Don't ruin my Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is entitlement where now, now that I have this thing, this thing's important to me. Now I need it to be a certain way. So, oh, you're going to do a new star Wars movie. It's got to have this, 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 and this in it, or else I'm going to be pissed. Right. And then the third thing, and this is the one where it starts to get interesting. Superiority fans feel superior to the less obsessive, more casual fans. I definitely see that. Um, it's weird. Like I, like I, you know, Star Wars is definitely my biggest example mm-hmm. of this. I think I see 
I interact with the most Star Wars fans, fan groups. You know, like people, you can't, you you can talk to a stranger on the street and bring up Star Wars, right. and they'll have an opinion, right. most likely. Most likely. Um, what do you, what do you see, as far as toxic fandom goes? Where have you seen this in something that you're into? I mean, I see it a little bit in, funny enough, the camera world. Um, there's a lot of fanboyism in. Uh, it, the mirrorless versus SLR camp, which is just two different types of cameras that do the same thing. One has a little bit more technology. One is a little bit more tried and true. And a lot of times the people in the mirrorless camp, because they're newer, more technologically advanced, fancier. Um, I will say I have some bias cause I shoot mirrorless, but generally those people in the mirrorless camp can be a little bit elitist, a little bit toxic about their cameras and, and downing on other people that shoot cannons or Nikons, traditional cameras, um, because they don't have all the fancy gimmick, whatever's, um, I see it in video games too. Um, I see it a lot when, you know, new, uh, titles in longstanding series, uh, come out and the super fans have these opinions and anybody that's not a super fan doesn't get to have an opinion. Um, that's probably the best examples that I have of it. Okay. That makes sense. That kind of actually uh, really works with this next thing that uh, this other article called us versus them toxic fandom and the cult of identity. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from bearded gentleman music.com. The writer is Aaron Cooper. He says toxic Fandom, not toxic fandom, just fandom, is mentally subscribing to showboat legitimacy. Interesting. And I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, but mm -hmm. I thought it was something worth bringing up. I I can see behaviors definitely in people that that kind of speak to that. I don't know that that's the whole the whole story. Yeah. But I think that's definitely a part of it. I think that there are definitely people that put in more time than the regular person into whatever it is they're a fan of. And they believe that because they've put this time in and they have all of this knowledge, what they have to say or what they believe about a story or a game or whatever it is, is more legitimate. And that's honestly one of my least favorite people to have a conversation with because you, you just can't win. If you're not on the level, if you don't have 20 hours a week, to put into whatever series researching all the theories and all the lore and whatever you can't keep up. Right. He, you know, he, uh, he brings up his example was, uh, Kim Kardashian in a Slayer shirt <laughs> and all the Slayer fans or the metalheads or whatever mm -hmm. are like, who does she think she is? She's yeah. not a Slayer fan. Right. You know, and I've done that, especially uh, growing up in hip hop. Mm hmm. There was always that. That's not real hip hop, right? You're not. Oh, shit, that's a thing today. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, still is, but not for me anymore because I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But it was, and I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of feel like this is our thing. I, this is important to me, and yeah. I have this. And so other people who, um, maybe it's not as important to them, but they still enjoy it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're a poser, right, or whatever, and. I mean, really, that's bullshit. <laughs> it is bullshit. Who, why do you care? Right. Let it, somebody like what matter. they like. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Or or pretend to like what they like. Who cares? It makes you feel less special. Right. 
And that's exactly everybody loves to feel special. That's exactly what it, you feel like you're part of a special club because you and all the other people that are in the club are really big whatevers of whatever it is. And then as soon as you see somebody like Kim Kardashian in a shirt for a band that you love, it's illegitimate. And any actress in a shirt for any band that you love. <laughs> yeah, so how do you know Kim Kardashian's not a fucking metalhead, like right. a huge Slayer fan? How do Maybe you know she that? is. She probably she, isn't. She's not. She, <laughs> but, she but who knows? Isn't but maybe she could be. Maybe she likes one fucking Slayer song, or maybe she likes the goddamn shirt. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a tight shirt. That's a dope shirt. I'm wearing a fucking Carhartt shirt. I don't have a construction job. Right. I've wore shirts for teams that I don't. I don't even support. Yeah. I don't care. I, I oftentimes wear hats for teams I don't. Support. You know what clothing is for? Wearing. It's it's to keep the elements, the raw yeah. elements, from contacting your skin directly. Exactly, and also because certain elements, certain articles of clothing, it's there's a legal yeah. element to it as well. <laughs> we can't just be all schlong out. No, you can't be schlong out. You'll definitely. Well, I mean, it depends where you live. Like, what if the only pair of underwear you could find was like a Slayer underwear? Uh, Rick and Morty. No, I mean, I'd rock Rick and Morty. I'm a real fan. I'd rock it too, and I've never seen the goddamn show. You should see the show. It's a good show. That's what people say. It's pretty funny, man. (laughs) (laughs) I have one more little anecdote as relating to toxic fandom. Okay. This is from that same uh, Aaron Cooper article. This is just kind of a little thing he mentions. Um, In 1893, Arthur Conan Doyle had enough of writing Sherlock Holmes stories. Despite being paid well by the publisher, he grew tired of the format and trappings of writing about one particular character. Mm -hmm. So he did the unthinkable. He killed him. He killed off Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. 1893. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Right? Shit. (laughs) Jesus. My bad. Um, Outraged fans wrote countless letters to the publisher and Doyle himself begging, pleading, and sometimes even threatening. Because he killed off this character. So this isn't new yeah. necessarily. Yeah. It's like everything else. It's amplified mm-hmm. by Social our media. technology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it being so upset by an author's choice that you make death threats and, and make their life hell because they did something in their fucking story that you don't like. Something they made up in their head. Yeah, it's theirs. You happen to like it. Exactly. So now... So now you own it. Come on. I wish that's how shit worked. I would have a lot of cool shit. I'd be rich. Yeah, I'd definitely be rich because I like money. I'd be a big fan of the national treasury. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I like cars a lot. I'd probably have a lot of cars. If all I had to do was like something to get it, shit. What wouldn't you do? Uh, I could think of some things I wouldn't do. Okay. Let's, yeah. we, don't, we don't need to talk about that because they're <laughs> not awesome and mostly stupid. Definitely stupid. <laughs> I just – oh, yeah. Let me read this real quick. This is the the top de- definition of toxic fan on Urban Dictionary. Oh, this will be good. I'm trying to decide if it's racist for me to read it. So this isn't fair because if I read it exactly how it's written, mm-hmm. it's probably racist. But this is how it's written. Uh, just, you know. All right. Send it. Kuro Kiyoshiro. This is his definition of toxic fan. Okay. A group of fan that act like a jerk and the one who bring negativity, thus destroying the fan community. This include all Greek community, 
geek community. Not Greek. <laughs> not Greek. <laughs> this include all geek community, cartoon, games, art, book, anime, manga, film, etc. And also outside the geek, politic, sports. These fan are actually the one destroying fandom from within. Yeah. I think he nailed it. I think Hero nailed it. He nailed it absolutely. And it's totally not racist the way you read it, by the way. Just saying. I didn't do a voice. Yeah. Could have done a voice. You can't do the voice. That's what makes it racist. I wish he did the voice, though. It would have been funny. No, but it's yeah. okay. We're good. It's, it's fine. He's right, though. That's exactly what it is. And it's, when he says politics, that's a really good way to look at it, too. Because really, what you see, and everybody knows what I'm talking about, when you're on your Facebook and someone's talking politics, what you're looking at is toxic fandom. Mm-hmm. You're a fan of the Democrats or you're a fan of the Republicans or you're not a fan of any of it. Yeah, dude. Politics is sports. Yeah. Except none of us have a real team. <laughs> Damn. Deep. Deep. <laughs> politics is sports except the team that you choose isn't actually doing anything for you. Pol- politics is sports. Except it's like rooting for the AFC or the NFC and not any yeah. specific team. Mm-hmm. And not really paying attention to what any of those teams are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Deflate gate. Mm-hmm. Tyree Hill kicking a woman, hitting a kid. Yeah. You're rooting for him. Yeah. But Joe Biden. You want to see him put numbers on the board. So you got to look past all that. And we really? don't talk about Joe Biden. Joe Biden? Yeah. I don't want to get into oh, that. Mr. McTouchy Touch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe on the next episode we'll talk some politics. Yeah, it might be a good way to end it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elijah. Yes. What? Uh, how can people find your uh, photography? My photography is easily found on Instagram. My Instagram name is my name, Elijah Lundgren. No periods, no underscores, Lundgren. no spaces. That is the 29th most common Swedish surname. That's a fun fact for you. <laughs> Another fun fact, not Swedish. Nope. That's not not what I am. Not a Swede. Nope. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, you know, looking at you, yeah. I think maybe. Maybe. But no. Nope. nope. Not that I know of. I haven't done a... 23 and me yet though so we'll see Ooh, that'd be fun yeah i bet you're nigerian you think so yeah yeah could be that's gonna be tight when we find out yeah i should go to target after we wrap this up i'll go to target pick one up target yeah they sell them there which is kind of weird it's a little weird i was gonna say just use your phone what do you mean <laughs> just get one. Oh, like order one yeah i could do that um i run a recording studio here in Portland, Oregon, Momentum Studios PDX. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can do so at www.zebdac.com. That's www.zebdac.com. Wow, they're really good at that. You uh, got any plugs, any shout-outs, anything, uh, anything coming up that you want uh, the one guy who heard this to know about? <laughs> uh, nope, not really. Yeah, me neither. I don't got a whole lot going on right now. Well, hey, this is awesome and not stupid. Hope you enjoyed the show. If so, um, keep in touch. Yeah. Let us know uh, what you liked. You can email us, actually, at uh, awesomenotstupid at gmail.com. Yeah. If you want to chime in on any of the things we talked about, 
or if you have any suggestions of other things you'd like to hear us talk about, that would be a good place to do it. Awesome, not stupid at gmail.com. We'll get the whole social media thing rolling if it uh, if it is right for us to do so. If it is right. <laughs> other than that, um, we've been great. We have on behalf of Elijah and myself. Thank you for listening. Good night.